Welcome back to The Maker's Playbook, a podcast all about what it's really like to make a living from the things you make. I'm your host, Rebecca Ikes Kara. As I've been listening back through some of the amazing interviews we've already had in this first month of the podcast, I'm noticing some common themes, and I wanted to take a minute to pull all of those together. So this week, there's no guest introduction, because it's just me. I hope these occasional solo episodes will help connect the dots on many of the common themes and through lines in the conversations we'll continue to have with podcast guests. If nothing else, these solo shows are going to naturally be significantly shorter than our interview episodes. I try not to make a habit out of talking to myself too much. So if you only have 15 minutes while you're out walking the dog in the morning, rather than a full hour as you sit down for a throwing session at the studio, these shorter episodes will be for you. Consider them the Cliff Notes version of the last few episodes. You'll miss all the juicy details that make an author's novel award-winning, but you get the overall idea. It's actually kind of incredible when you think about it. I've been chatting with potters who have been making a living from their work for decades, as well as newbies with barely a year under their belt. And yet there are common themes. These commonalities carry through the emails and questions I'm receiving from other makers all around the world, from the US to Belgium, to the Caribbean and Spain, to the UK and New Zealand, full-timers and side hustlers. It's clear to me that while each of our individual lives are unique and different, there's also a comfort in knowing the questions, concerns, confusions, and worries we all have about whether or not we can make this crazy venture work is, in many ways, universal. One of the common themes I've been hearing throughout the conversations thus far is the need to do what works for you. There's no right or wrong, whether it be taking the leap to go full-time or keeping pottery as a side hustle, whether it be partnering for wholesale orders versus direct-to-consumer like Etsy or Instagram. Whatever the solution that allows you the freedom to explore and develop your craft, that's the right answer. But for a type A personality like myself, for the student who wants to be given the clear step-by-step process of do these things and you will succeed, well, saying there's no right or wrong doesn't actually feel helpful. It doesn't give me any answers to the millions of questions we all have, does it? It doesn't answer the inevitable question of do I set up my shop on Etsy or do I start my own website? How much do I price this little bud vase for when it only takes me five minutes to throw? What should I do for... Honestly, insert any question you've recently had here. And here's the other catch. I do actually think, or rather know, that there are right answers to those questions, but not the way we're currently asking them. I cannot tell you how many times I've logged into a Facebook group or a group Instagram DM and these questions are posted. There's definitely no shortage of answers, but I'm not sure those answers are really getting to the point for the person asking the question in the first place. It might seem like they are. After all, when someone asks Etsy or your own website, which is better? There's clearly plenty of responses. Your own website, someone shouts. Etsy takes so much money off of each sale. No, totally do Etsy, someone else says. I get new buyers I'd never otherwise connect with. So wait a second. Both of those are valid reasons. 
but their answers give you opposing solutions. Which means we're back at being stuck on the same question. But my friends, here's the entire point of this little episode. So if you're multitasking and only half listening, come back to me for a minute. There is a way to get clearer answers. The solution is to ask clearer questions. I've seen this happen time and time again on group discussions online, whether it be in photography groups or ceramic groups or anything, you name it. Someone posts four versions of a new logo and asks the group, which do you like best? (laughs) And I groan when I see that post because as wonderful as group feedback is, without context, you might as well go ask your mom. I love you, mom. (laughs) So here's how I would ask that question instead. My ideal customer is a 30-something woman who lives in a city. She doesn't have much extra space in her apartment, so she wants every item she buys to be functional, but also make her home more beautiful. She loves having friends over to share a meal together and wants the serving pieces she uses for those dinners to be special. She's looking for functional ceramics by an independent artist because she prefers to shop with small businesses rather than big box stores. Aesthetically, her style is modern and timeless. Think like a capsule wardrobe and little black dresses. Which logo do you think would most attract her to my work? Do you see the difference? Let's play this out with the Etsy versus your own website question we all talk about all the time. This question is usually asked in a way like, I'm just getting started and I don't know if I should start selling on Etsy or my own website. What do you guys do? But here's how I would ask it. I'm just getting started and I still have a nine to five job. I'm ready to start selling my work, but I don't have a lot of extra time on my hands. I need a way to be able to see what pieces people are drawn to the most, but I don't have a very large audience right now either, so I also need to grow an audience. Filing taxes and figuring out shipping costs is totally overwhelming, and if I could just pay someone to simplify all of that for me, it would be totally worth it. Now, what answer would you give this maker when it comes to Etsy versus their own website? Probably Etsy, right? And I'm saying that as someone who typically advocates for building your own website. Because there are a lot of benefits to having your own website. But bringing a large enough audience to your own website is a part-time job in and of itself. So for someone just starting out, whose biggest struggle is having enough time between a full-time job and wanting to actually make their work, well, starting their own website might not make any sense. This goes well beyond logos and websites, my friends, because if there's one thing I've learned over the last 10 years of entrepreneurship, it's that questions don't slow down. As soon as you answer one, another one shows up. Or better yet, in a year or in five years, the answer might change because you've changed, your circumstances have changed, your needs have changed. And that brings us to a tangential point. One that I remind myself of every single day when I'm making decisions. Very few, if any of these decisions, are finite. In the moment, they feel that way though. I know. I personally know. They feel like life or death. 
Like if I choose Etsy over my own website, will I ruin my business? If I choose to build my own website over Etsy, will that ruin my business? I know it feels that way. But as Tyler J. McCall continuously reminds me, this is all really just a big experiment. As he said recently on his own podcast, which is the online business show, if you approach all of these business decisions the way we learned the scientific process, you know, like in the fifth grade, it takes the emotional overwhelm out of the equation. Think about it. The scientific process is effectively come up with a hypothesis. In our example, I think Etsy might be the best solution for me to sell my work online right now based on my current circumstances and goals. There's your hypothesis. Then test that, AKA set up an Etsy shop and see how it goes for a set amount of time. The amount of time doesn't matter. Maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year. You have to decide that amount of time, but you absolutely have to set a definitive amount of time. Gather factual information analytics, number of sales, your actual revenue made after costs, etc., etc., and decide if your original hypothesis, Etsy is a good solution for me, was right or not. If it was wrong, or better if your circumstances change, simply shift. Try out a new hypothesis. Having my own website is the right solution for me to sell online, for example and see how it goes. Now, believe me, I get that it is not that easy. See how it goes, she says. (laughs) I do not have another backup job in the event that my business fails. No one else covers my healthcare and there is no benefits package that gets handed to you when you decide to start your own business. So when I say, see how it goes, I get it. It's scary and it's not really that easy. These are indeed important decisions that directly affect our life and our livelihood. But when I'm able to pull out the emotion from what are really actually analytical decisions, which website platform should I use and just try something? Well, that gets things moving and getting things moving gives me actual feedback and data. And when you track that data, see what's working, what's not working, then we're back to asking more questions with a new context of information to make new, more informed decisions. And I hate to break it to you, my friends, but that cycle will just continue and continue as your business grows, as your needs change, and as whatever life throws at us. I'm sure there's a bunch of you right now whose index finger is hovering over the skip button on your podcast app because I just said track data. Very few artists I know get excited about the idea of analytics or spreadsheets. Most have probably chosen their craft specifically not to have to take another math class ever in their life. But stay with me here, okay? I'm not saying you have to become a Google Analytics guru. I'm just saying... If you don't have the actual facts, making smart decisions that will help you become a confident business owner is a lot harder. And I don't know about you, but being willing to look at some numbers in a list, 
sounds a lot easier than continuously trying to make overwhelming decisions without any information and feeling like I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Am I right? So here's what I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago. You need to know why you're asking the questions before you ask them. Knowing why you are choosing whatever you're choosing in your business is huge. It gives you focus. It gives you peace of mind. The next time Instagram rolls out another algorithm change and everyone goes crazy, you can stay relaxed because you know why you do what you do, what goal it serves, and whether or not the newest feature on IG, like IGTVs versus stories versus reels versus whatever they have in their back pocket that we don't know about yet, you'll be able to know whether or not those things will actually help reach your goals or whether it's just a new sparkly thing to get distracted and overwhelmed by. Ultimately, what I'm talking about here is being intentional, making decisions based upon a list of facts and needs and not just a general random group consensus that may or may not apply to your life and your dreams. Now, let me step back for a minute and say I am not suggesting we all live in little separate bubbles, not asking people who we respect and admire their opinions. I think we've all had more than our fair share of social distance over the last year, and I can't wait until it's safe to break out of our lockdown bubbles. I was able to exponentially grow my business this last decade because of the advice from photographers who had paved the way before me. But the difference here is that the advice and suggestions I was seeking out were from people who understood me. They knew my goals, they knew my values, they knew my business model. And within that context, I'm going to say it one more time in case you've zoned out again, within that context, their advice was invaluable. I interrupted the string of incredible interviews that we've been having here on the Makers Playbook to point this out specifically, because as I continue to chat with other makers, as you continue to hear the stories and the decisions that other artists are making, I want you to think about those decisions within the context of your own life. What makes sense for your needs? When you hear someone like Emily on episode 105 talk about the reasons she uses both her own website and Etsy, what pieces of the pros and cons of either of those platforms would work best for you? What's the priority right now? I want to be clear. I am in no way suggesting that we stop asking each other for help. In fact, Learning more from the experiences of other makers is exactly why I started this podcast. But what I so wish to see the next time I log into a Facebook group is a way to help each other in a much deeper way. If we get clear on the context of our own questions, if we get clear on our own personal needs and goals, then I promise you the overwhelm of making decisions every single day having to make more and more decisions, decisions that feel like they are life-altering, well, those decisions will become a lot clearer because we will have a map drawn by the guardrails of our needs and goals rather than someone else's. I know this without a doubt because I've lived it. I've been in the thick of it where I was taking the well-meaning advice of other creatives without further guardrails and trying to implement it all into a business that was in no way built to implement their suggestions. And after years of trial and error, 
lots of investing money and time, years of getting overwhelmed by the newest change to an algorithm or the next social media platform I was supposed to be creating content for that I didn't have time to be creating content for. After all of that, I got clear. I implemented a system, a checklist or a filter of sorts to help keep me focused on the real goals I have, the goals I am not willing to fail on. And I stick to what serves those goals. No matter how sparkly and distracting Clubhouse might seem, <laughs> if something new comes along, that's great. But it has to take a backseat to my primary goals. Every question I ask my trusted colleagues and friends is within the context of those goals. And then, and only then, is their feedback invaluable. If you're interested in creating your own filter for feedback the next time you have questions to ask, then visit makers-playbook.com slash guardrails to download my free checklist of questions. The link is in the show notes as well. And please don't be shy. If you have your own questions, I'm only an email away. Just be sure to give me the context of your life. If I have any helpful insight within that context of your own needs, I will gladly share it. And if I don't, I'll reach out to the colleagues with more experience than my own and queue up another episode for the podcast. Until next week, go get back to making your dreams a reality. Together, 